0: Bill Maher is anti-Trump, and I don't hang my hat on the things that Bill Maher says because uh, often Bill Maher is nuts. And what would happen if Bill Maher understood many people who vote for President Trump far better than Mitchell McConnell, and what would happen If Mitch McConnell
1: was actually actively trying to throw these midterms, this is Bill Maher. To me, the two biggest issues are democracy and the environment. Those are my two big one and two. But I don't have kids. I know people who say, I have kids. And I don't like it when they come home and say, "Uh, they divided the class today into oppressors and oppressed. And if I change my sex, I don't have to tell my parents. There's like that going on that makes people go, you know, I agree, Donald Trump is a creep. He is everything wrong that could be stuffed into one man. But I have these other considerations. He's anti-Trump, he makes no bones about that, but he
0: is speaking more truth about the concerns of many voters than Mitchell McConnell will speak. And on the topic of the figurehead, on the topic of J6, on the topic of the FBI, on the topic of Tony Fauci, on the topic of the attacks against American cities, Mitchell McConnell is pointedly silenced.
2: The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman.
0: Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Bulwark Capital Management, my brother Zach Abraham, not just been here from the beginning of the podcast when we left radio and went to podcast, but also has proved himself time and again to be a man of great loyalty to myself and other colleagues in radio and to listeners to this podcast it's knowyourriskradio.com or in in fact to fellow partners of this podcast um bulwark has bone frog coffee that's the official coffee uh he has allen's artisan soaps that's the official soap throughout his company and he's working with our friend dave the digital at greenhaven interactive so that's the sort of person that he is. On every significant uh, arena that could win elections, Mitch McConnell isn't interested. Kevin McCarthy isn't interested. Does anyone see any galvanizing message? I mean, yeah, I've seen some great in-state messaging. The Arizona Republican Party put out a fantastic piece we played last week. There's some individual candidates that are doing that. What is the midterm message for the Republican Party? We have elections coming up, well, month from now. Months from now. Shouldn't there be a, a theme? Shouldn't there be some sort of gathering point? Um, there is this technique in politics this thing that if your opponent is hanging himself don't get in his way just just give him more more rope is that Mitch McConnell's plan? And I don't want to demoralize people about the midterms I don't I don't think there's reason to be demoralized but I do want to continue to communicate my firm belief that Mitch McConnell is, completely uninterested in stopping the slow decline of America. And that decline has become more precipitous. And it's not a decline. My wife and I were talking about this the other night. It's not a decline of the American system. It's not a failure of the American system. It's an attack against the American system. It is an abandoning of the American system. So on one hand, it's being attacked on the the Mitch McConnell side. it's, It's being abandoned. Mitch isn't interested in defending the American ideal, except for the Supreme Court. I'll always have to say that. And why focus on McConnell? He's one guy in the Senate. Well, we could talk about Kevin McCarthy, but I think when you speak about Mitch McConnell, in reality, you're speaking about the party. And yeah, you can say you're speaking about the Republican Party, but you're speaking about the party when you speak about McConnell. McConnell represents that. He is as establishment as anything can be, as shiny shoot as anything can be. He is as wedded to DC and all the corruption that has helped Mitch McConnell and his wife, Elaine Chow, through all these years as anyone could ever possibly be. But looking at this from a simple campaign perspective, on any and all major issues that one could run on, McConnell is silent because on every one of these issues, Mitch is in agreement with the party or in agreement with Biden. Take this. It's been five or six weeks since the figurehead gave his satanic speech. Where he he says, yeah, we're fighting for the soul of the nation. And he talked about mega. And
2: now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism or a nation of fear, division and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, Together, we can choose a different path.
0: Right, the path to you, the, the man of, of all lies. Just just this weekend on 60 Minutes, the figurehead said. What we do
2: today, think about it. It's all personal attacks. It's about motive. It's not about I disagreeing on the on the subject matter.
0: So we can't expect more from a demented man who is becoming senile and more senile every day. But we could expect something from Mitchell McConnell. But Mitchell McConnell clearly hates Donald Trump and he clearly hates people who voted for Trump. It's in all of his behaviors. So the throwing of the midterms for Mitch is perhaps an opportunity for people to forget about Donald Trump for someone else to rise. I don't know that he would have any better dealings with Ron DeSantis than Mitchell McConnell had with Donald Trump because Ron DeSantis understands the stakes in ways that I don't think Mitchell McConnell can understand. Ron DeSantis is not a wealthy man. No, not the, you know, couple hundred million bucks that Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chao seem to enjoy or 50, 60 million Enough money to never work again. My wife and I also talked about this, though. That when you have a Mitchell McConnell and you have the party as established as what it is, what's the role of faith and Christianity in this? There's this insane series of attacks against Eric Metaxas. Um, And Eric Metaxas is, I I think, as solid a Christian as there is. And there's another solid Christian, Rod Dreher. They apparently used to be friends who attacks Metaxas because Metaxas has spoken at Trump rallies. And now Metaxas is attacked as some form of um, dangerous radical because he hasn't abandoned Donald Trump. And my wife and I have been chatting about this. And maybe this is Mitch's concern. Maybe Mitch is, is, is concerned as a Christian man about all of this, but the Christian aspect of this is we have the prescription. The Lord has said that we're to be good citizens, good citizens vote. The reality is in the system in the United States, there are ultimately two choices. A good citizen, I guess, picks one and thus one cannot I don't know, for instance, that I can vote for Brad Little in Idaho. Not if Brad Little is anti-God. Why would I vote for one anti-God candidate over another? Is that Mitch's concern? I mean, trying to be charitable to Mitch because I'm trying to be charitable to him as the party, maybe that's their concern that, that Trump stands opposed to God and yet that all breaks down. It, it all crumbles. When you simply look at what the people who run Joe Biden have Joe Biden do. And for those of us of the Christian faith, which I think is most of us, those of us who try to abide in Christ, I think the first recollection or first realization is we are not going to be electing anybody perfect. We could hope to elect the most godly of the people. We could hope to elect the one that at least recognizes that our rights come from the Lord, that the unalienable rights. Or the ones that are not attacking God's work. Donald Trump is not attacking God's work. I can't think of an ungodly Trump policy. And I know people will say immigration. No, it's, it's, it's a biblical fact that we are to welcome the least of these that we're to treat them as we would treat the Lord Jesus. And it's a biblical fact that immigrants to our country are also held by, a, well, or, or they may not be Christian, but the Bible has the same rules for everybody, that you obey the country's laws unless they conflict with the Bible, the word of God. They have a responsibility to come to our country through the legal basis that we provide. But Joe Biden and, and, and the people who run Joe Biden, there is nothing they do that is godly. There is not a godly policy they promote. I mean, there's some that are value neutral taxes, not value neutral, but they're, they're religiously neutral. They're, they're, they're neutral from a Christian sense tax rates. But if you put that aside, their actual drives are, are as ungodly as possible. Everything they're focused on in terms of what Mitch McConnell's afraid to talk about, which is the social issues, as he calls them, they're ungodly. They take ungodly positions.
2: I mean, you think of this. Oh, well, that got struck down. Griswold was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and my guess is the guys on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. Well, that got th- struck. Th- that's the figurehead pretending that there's some
0: drive to ban kids who are same-sex attracted or have been conned into believing they're born in the wrong body to not being allowed in classrooms. That's not happening. No one's considering that. There's nothing in the decision from the Supreme Court that would set that up. He's saying, well, states would be allowed to do that. No, that's not That's not it. <laughs> the constitutional provision around government schools, that's not something that you can get around with the 10th Amendment. Now, how they're administrated, that's something else. But banning people from a government facility because they're same-sex attracted, that ship has sailed. And it would be an immoral ship and an an unchristian ship to begin with. But the drive to force people into lies, that exists. And Mitchell McConnell ignores that. And the fact of the matter is, it's a winning issue. There's a new poll from, of all places, the New York Times. Do you support or oppose allowing public school teachers to provide classroom instruction in sexual orientation and or gender identity to children in elementary school? The response, 70% opposes, 27% supports nationwide this is a winning issue nationwide people stand and i don't think that they purposely stand with god on this because the biblical worldview has been so stolen from people and people have allowed it to be thieved and parents like me fell down on the job i didn't understand my job as the the pastor of my family I didn't understand what it was to be discipled. I didn't understand how to disciple my daughter. Those were all things I chose not to know. Now I am being discipled. But people fully understand kids are not ready for this stuff. Where is Mitch McConnell on this? Where is Kevin McCarthy on this? Where's Elaine Stefanic? Where is Rick Scott? Where's the NRCC? Where's the RNC? Where's the Republican Governors Association? Ron DeSantis is there. So if I'm trying to be charitable to McConnell and McCarthy and Elaine Stefanik and say, well, maybe they're just maybe they're just so freaked out about Trump that they're going to they're going to take this as a rest. Maybe they just believe that Trump is going to tear the country apart. Maybe they believe all the J6 stuff. And maybe they believe that Trump is going to attempt an insurrection. Maybe they uh, uh, think that Trump is going to try to seize the country in a full on coup. Maybe they think all these things then say it. Say it. Make the case. Because as things now stand in regard to the FBI, for the first time, maybe ever, and, and this comes from an NBC News poll, more people now have a negative view of the FBI than have a positive view. This is the highest. This previous very negative was 12%. That's nearly four decades back. And, and you go back four decades, it's at the, the FBI's respect level is at its lowest point. Now, if Mitchell McConnell wanted to win on what are called the social issues, it's right there. It's a 70% issue. And this isn't even without trying hard. This isn't even without bringing into Congress a whole bunch of young women who got conned easy enough to find. They're called detransitioners or bringing into the classroom parents whose kids have come home to say, oh, we're part of the oppressive class. Easy to find. There's hundreds of thousands of them. And on the topic of the FBI. Now, let's be charitable with Mitch. Maybe it's this. Maybe, maybe he thinks that the institutions of the United States are so vital that he cannot afford to criticize the FBI, the same way that he and Elaine Stefanik and Rick Scott and and Scott Scott's better on this stuff. I, I don't wanna I I don't wanna provide false witness. He's better on this stuff. But maybe their concern is all this about Trump is all that it's, it's this huge mess and that he is an in insurrectionist. But it, that doesn't stand up either. One cannot be afraid of insurrections and silent about Black Lives Matter, Incorporated and in Antifa. One cannot be afraid of insurrections. And not call out the fact that you have a lying FBI that is co-opting the free speech of Americans in conjunction with Facebook. Rand Paul brings that up. Senator Ron Johnson brings it up. That could be a galvanizing campaign. The Republican Party, we're the ones that are actually going to go after uh, the the government for censoring your speech. We're the ones who are actually going to go after the companies who've been working with a corrupt government to censor your speech. We're actually the ones who are going to make it illegal to to chemically and surgically mutilate kids before the age of 18. They have to be adults. We're the ones that are going to do that. It's a 70% winning issue. We're the ones that are going to say to the classrooms... You want the federal shell game money f- from, from the Department of Education, then you're going to stop teaching this stuff in the classrooms. Or you're not going to get the federal shell game money. The Department of Education couldn't, it shouldn't exist, but that's another topic. But Mitch McConnell won't do that. And on the topic of the cities... Oh, maybe this is it. Maybe the the Republicans are trying to take a turn to win the cities back. Maybe they're noticing this urban divide and they're thinking that, well, we can't just exist as a rural party. We've got to do some things that, that attract city voters. Okay, what about the safety of the cities? Could this be an overarching theme? Crime. <laughs> there is a sound clip I want you to hear from the hapless mayor of New York. I mean, and he's better than the other ones. It's that's, but that's not hard to do since Rudy Giuliani wasn't mayor anymore. And he's responding to a question that finally is getting asked. Scott Pelley finally asks a question about sanctuary cities. And does he think that sanctuary cities might have this effect on people crossing the border and the response of the New York City mayor is so instructive and it would be yet another opportunity for Mitchell McConnell to have an overarching theme. The silence from McConnell and Elaine Stefanik and the RNC and the NRCC and the Republican Governors Association on any and all of these topics indicates to me there's not a huge drive to win these midterms at the national level. Why is that? You know, I was mentioning my friend, uh, Dave Parkhurst, Dave, uh, Dave, the digital, we call him. And when in that conversation, I was just saying that now my friend, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, he and Dave are, are starting to do business. And that's, that's part of who Dave, uh, part of who Zach is, is that he is a guy who, you know, wants to do business with people who are all also, you know, fellow members of the podcast family. Um, but to the point about Dave and what he does Parkhurst heard Zach on our show say, yeah, you know what? I should get him to look at our search. We, 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 we need to make some changes there. Dave heard that. <laughs> and he popped in and started to do an audit of, of Zach's properties. He says, oh, I, I didn't know Zach had concerns about this. And Zach gets in the email From Dave, the digital at greenhaveninteractive.com, like a 28 page write-up that he decided to do. Now, granted they're friends and we run this, you know, the the podcast together. Dave is the digital partner in the podcast. And obviously Zach is a big partner with us, on with us every Friday. And obviously we promote Bulbert Capital Management. But this also makes sense because they're both wedded to data. See, Zach is as wedded to data as I am around COVID and around what works politically, what doesn't, and Dave is in terms of your business. So let me run this past you. Um, we have been mentioning that, that if you have a Google problem, you could pay Google, that, that'll fix the problem, and then they'll ask for more money next month and more money next month. Or you could pay one of the firms that's run by leftist atheists to do something, and, and maybe they're okay at it or you could do this with Dave, the digital, go Google your name. Okay. We've talked about this, but here's a little bit of a different twist. Google your business name in your city right? Because we've been asking people to Google their business name in general. Dave said, have people Google their business name in their cities, because sometimes the the, the name of the business is coming up at the top when you just Google the name of your business, but Google your business in your city. And you might find that you disappear from the top five. Very rarely happens, but sometimes it does. Do the same with maps do the near me function, but for your business category. So if you run, let's say that you run a steak restaurant, search steak near me. If you are in the top three search returns for either of those instances, you're good to go. If you fall out the top five, again, you can pay Google or you can go to greenhaveninteractive.com, work with a guy who's very, very successful in tech. He also was here Well, before the podcast launched, Dave was working on stuff for us. He jumped in immediately. He's a Christian conservative in a business otherwise dominated by leftists and leftist atheists. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. He can get that search thing worked out for you. So this is the uh, mayor of New York. And uh, thank you, Scott Pelly, for asking this question. You, you pledged uh, during your campaign to uh, keep New York City a sanctuary, a city. Uh, do you have any concern that that, that policy uh, is, 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 for, is attracting more people to the border, more people to cross the border to make that dangerous so-
2: trip? Uh, No, not at all. Uh, The city has always been a sanctuary city, and we've always managed those who wanted to come to uh, New York City to pursue the American dream. (laughs) So much
0: so that we are begging for federal help uh, since the, the governors of Texas and Florida have begun to send people up here again. The safety of the cities. Again, the purposeful destruction of the cities. This is something about which Elaine Stefanik, who is said to be the new conference chair, they want her to be the new conference chair. Well, because she's a woman. No, I mean, that's it. That's She's a bright lady. She's a nice enough lady. At one time, she was a fighter. Now, eh, not so much. Getting comfy. It's not going to be a Jim Jordan. Why would they throw the midterms? Why would they not fight hard in the midterms? I'm guessing, and I don't want to provide false witness, but does this make sense? Give the Trump flame more time to burn out. Don't elect a Trumpian Congress. And forget the phrase Trumpium. Don't elect an America first Congress. Well, because what does Mitch have to lose at this point? What does the party have to lose at this point? Momentum and control and money and grift. They've got that to lose. On every fundamental issue, there's silence. On the most fundamental issue that exists in, in my mind... Unlike Bill Maher, it's not the environment. I am concerned about our, our, our representative democracy, our republic, like you are. My top concern is the word of God and the attacks against the word of God. My top concern is a nation that is making it illegal to tell the truth as God describes it. That's a huge concern for me because it's something I cannot do. I will not, I will not deny the word of God, no matter what happens. My other concern is our bodies on this topic. Joe Biden is taking (laughs) Biden is taking the lead in an area that is unfathomable to me that this guy gets to speak these words and the party Stephonic. McConnell, McCarthy, they won't speak these words. We
2: beat pharma this year. We beat pharma this year. And it mattered. We're going to change people's lives.
0: Now, that is untrue, of course. They enriched pharma the past two years. They stole our freedoms the past two years. Where is this? The series of ads that could be running about this, record levels of teen suicide, record levels of drug addiction, record levels of alcoholism, record levels of cancer deaths, record levels of heart attack deaths, kids with swollen hearts, 40% of small businesses smoked in the lockdown. Nothing. They're not running as the no lockdown party. Why? Maybe Mitch thinks it really worked. Maybe Elaine Stefanik and Kevin McCarthy think it actually worked. But they didn't lock themselves down. They didn't lock their offices down. They didn't lock lobbying down they didn't lock fundraising down they didn't lock down political travel does that mean they think it works never forget this regretfully this is not over well it is as of today, as of my recording of this, the figurehead has announced that the pandemic has ended. Yesterday, we'll be talking about that.
2: Regretfully, this is not over. There were some who hoped this would get away, would would go away sooner uh, than it has. And I think the straight talk here that everyone okay. needs to understand is: this is not going away until we get a vaccine. Oh. We'll be working on a new package beginning next week. I've been in consultation with the administration, as you can imagine. I'll have some recommendations to make. And then the way the political process works, I'll have to sit down with Senate Democrats and we'll see what the way forward is.
0: What's your level of confidence in Dr. Fauci at this point? Uh, Total. Still? Still? Still, Robert Redfield, who was supposedly the head of the CDC, supposedly Tony Fauci's boss, explained in an interview that Fauci knew he was doing gain-of-function research, making viruses more deadly. Knew that he was paying the Chinese Communist Party's Wuhan lab to do that, to make viruses more deadly. That's Robert Redfield saying that. We're not going to run on an anti-Fauci program? We're not going to run on a never again program? We're not going to take the Fauci COVID stuff to everybody and compare that to the transing of kids, of everybody's kids is their goal, it seems. We're not going to take that structure we're not going to take the polls on whether or not people trust the public health folks because they don't. It's the highest level of distrust in history. We're not going to run on that. Oh, it hurt me. I understand. Uh, uh, institutions are very, very important. Okay. The institutions are important. Then save them. If you are a believer in in the institutions, then people who can save them have to be in charge. Right now, the people in charge are ruining it. It all breaks down. As charitable as I'm trying to be to Stefanik and Rick Scott, who's better in these things than Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, as charitable as I'm trying to be, and I am trying to be charitable, what would be the possible reason for the silence, for the refusal to have a canopy campaign, for the refusal to do what Newt Gingrich did with the Contract for America, starting with, we'll never shut you down again. We will not chemically and surgically, surgically trans your kids. We won't let teachers mentally kidnap your kids. We'll not outlaw the speaking of God's name. We'll not try to force people to deny the word of God. This could, this could be all campaign issues. We will investigate big pharma. We'll find out why they lied about the injections, why that was allowed. And we know why Mitch can't do that because he's funded by pharma. Why can't Stefanik? Because Mitch is funded by pharma. Why can't McConnell? Because the party gets too much money. So what do we do? we write right size. We're right size. Sort of with a shrug. I want to be very careful here. I am not shrugging about the United States. The shrug is, God told us this would happen. And it's happening. Praise God. He told us the truth as he always does. These are broken people. We can't expect anything more from broken people. And then there's the taking of the word of God into the political process. That's going to have to be us because when I can turn to a man who is distinctly, well, atheist, and I think amoral, and that is Bill Maher and hear him describe a dynamic that many of us are familiar with. There are people who vote for president Trump who don't like him. There are people who vote for president Trump who can't stand his personality, but they love the policies. There are people like me. I am not a personality in politics guy. I am not someone who is given to falling into like with politics and politicians. I don't go to political rallies. There's just a massive, massive political rally uh, just, you know, in, in, in North Idaho, you know, an hour or so from where we live. It would have been easy enough for me to pop over to that. In fact, I was invited to go to that. I don't go to rallies. I look at policies and I look more closely at how people interact with God and what God means in their lives. And there is there evidence that they abide with Christ in their daily life? But I'll let an atheist explain this. This is not over. Thank you, Mitch. It's not over. I will let an atheist explain this in ways that Mitch McConnell finds himself unable to do. A Bill Maher panel... With more nuanced reasons of why people vote for, for, for Donald Trump than Mitch McConnell, Elaine Stefanik, Rick Scott, Kevin McCarthy, any of the shiny shoes, Mitt Romney, any of them are exploiting. I do judge people by the consistency of what they say and how that matches up with what they do. You know, when I've got long experience with someone that makes promises, and those promises are never delivered, I never again listen to their words the same way. I heard what they said, but it doesn't mean anything to me. People who consistently say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and they never do this or that, I I might confront them if they're close to me, and say, hey, you know, I have lost uh, a great deal of trust in you, and I'd like to have that trust restored. If there are people, and often I'll do that. If there are people I interact with on a consistent basis, and it just turns out these are not folks who tell the truth because they say one thing, they do another. I just store that information. And if it's not something that's going to affect my life, I'll just step back and that's now calculated into what they say. Oh, I'm going to clean that up. Yeah. I, I'm going to do this next week. Sure. Very different thing though when it comes to things that affect my life or the life of my family, like money. Okay. Consistency. Looking at the people who manage your money, are are they acting with any new sense of urgency? Not 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 saying to you panic. That's there's nothing to be had in that. Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management isn't a panic guy ever. Right. He trusts in he trusts in God he trusts in his team, he stewards money, and he's got a sense of urgency to try to understand the new. If the people who are managing your money are still talking about 60/40 stock bond mixes and their, their their emails are coming out and they're still the same thing and have you questioned when they tell you all about buy and hold? Is that what they do? The big institutions So maybe you're with a great, big, huge financial institution and they're saying, hey, calm waters are coming back and we buy and hold. Do they buy and hold? When you invest your money with them. What did their accounts look like? Are are their accounts buy and hold accounts? Or are they accounts that have hedges upon hedges upon hedges where there's active sensical trading and it's not busy work trading? It's not trying to spot the, it's, it's not trying to day trade or minute trade, but it's paying attention to the global economics of, of nonsense. The fact, for instance, that Tesla has this huge high stock rating, and yet they can't be supported in terms of the ability to produce as many cars as they need. The, the, guts, the, the guts of the Tesla don't have the stock ratings that they should have. So when I judge Zach Abraham and Bulwark Capital Management, I know where his money is. of his family's net worth is tied up in bulwark capital management. I know how Zach manages his money. Same way he manages ours. I know that he's been saying the same consistent thing for a decade. I know that when we have him on the program, I never have to say to him, dude, you're spinning because he never spins. So, yes, I do look at people's actions and compare them to what they say and then what they say into their actions. And funny thing, Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management Chief Investment Officer, they always match. If you are five to 10 years out from retirement, it is vital that you get into a risk managed portfolio. And that is Zach Abraham's obsession. Bulwark Capital Management is obsessed with risk management. Call them. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So he is an atheist. is my understanding. Uh, I judge him from what he says in the way he interacts and the things that he enthuses about to be an amoral man. He's also a very, very intelligent man. And when it comes to topics of freedom, Bill Maher is pretty spot on. We disagree on some things, but he's pretty spot on. For instance, on the topic of same-sex attraction in what he calls same-sex marriage, I've heard him say, well, yeah, people should be allowed to do this, but you can't go around forcing people to do this. You can't force people to go celebrate a wedding. I've heard him say. Look, there's a lot of people who will marry you. Why would you want to go force someone who doesn't want to marry you or perform that ceremony to do that? Why would you want that at your wedding? What's the win for you? This is a Bill Maher panel and they're talking about the dynamic of people voting for Trump. There's a hardcore leftist woman in here who all she's insisting on is that Trump is the worst of the worst and no one could ever be worse. And this stuff breaks down as well. And as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking about this party that appears to be throwing the midterms. Do you think they're throwing the midterms? I don't think they can succeed in it. I think the Democrats have so poisoned the field. Maybe they don't have to do much to win the midterms. But what about the Senate? What if Mitch doesn't run the Senate? What if Kami Harris runs the Senate still? Mitch is as Machiavellian as they come. He survived the swamp for all these decades. Does he understand this aspect of Trump voters?
1: Most of the people I know who voted for Trump say the biggest mistake liberals make is thinking I like him.
2: It doesn't matter and if you still if you nodding, vote for the, him. You're not
1: what there's. I, what they're saying is, you him, get two means... choices in this country. I would never vote for Donald Trump. Nobody was harder on Donald Trump than me. I have the records to prove it, and I and I <laughs> and I have and I have all. But did you vote things? for him? Of course not. There but you that, go. My, but, my, but you didn't but, vote for okay, him. But you it's a little more nuanced him. than that. It's a little more nuanced than that. I understand why people who who make the decision to vote, which most people do, based on not who I like the best, but who I hate the least. Yep. May, uh, go. That means there are things all the that are things going on he of, said and yes. has
2: done uh, are not bad enough to keep you from voting for him to which means uh, uh, which means you're more okay with him being in power and him having the nuclear codes well, and him having control of the army and me. the Department of Justice, not you, the general you. That means you're okay with that, or you're more okay with that than the other guy, no matter what he said, no matter who, what he's done.
0: Well, right? It's one of the great problems with, I think, with a lot of commentary, that unfolding commentary. Presidential politics is not a referendum. Nobody came to your point and said, Do you want Donald Trump to be president? No, it's do you want him or do you want Hillary Clinton? And by the same token, nobody, nobody came to the country and said, Do you want Joe Biden to be president? No, it was do you want President Biden? Do you want Biden or do you want Trump? And then we forget that within 24 hours. And it's, it's as if we just, this singular, singular person had been packaged and chosen. It's a choice. It's always a comparison.
2: Absolutely, but it means that all these things were not bad enough
1: oh, I, no, for it, people look, to uh, dissuade
2: uh, them from voting well, for But them. it That's depends on what's your
1: priority. In my last, exactly. my last special, exactly. I was talking about the fact that to me, the two biggest issues are democracy and the environment. Those are my two big one and two. But I don't have kids. I know people who say, I have kids. And I don't like it when they come home and say, "Uh, they divided the class today into oppressors and oppressed. And if I change my sex, I don't have to tell my parents. There's like that going on that makes people go, you know, I agree, Donald Trump is a creep. He is everything wrong that could be stuffed into one man. But I have these other considerations. That's all. And that's why, you, you know, you seem like you have such contempt for half the country. I don't think that's going to get us where we need to go, because, I, to your point, I think we've crossed this line. And now the question is, how do we walk it back? How do we walk it back from, <laughs> I hate you so much that I can't live with you. And we have to live with each other. There's not an apartment where yeah. we can put the tape down the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. We have to find a way. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. That was good of you to put up with that. So to wind her comments
0: down just a little bit, remember when Trump nuked North Korea? Remember when North Korea nuked us? Remember when Trump escalated all of the wars? None of it came true. And this returns to me for a very, very consistent theme. I honestly believe that spiritual blindness can become worldly blindness. I honestly believe that people who turn their back on the truth of God's word will no longer be able to see the truth of what's around them. And this makes sense. God invented our eyes. He invented our ability to reason and to judge things and to consider things and to have discernment. He invented all of that. And if we don't practice that in a godly sense, we are practicing it in an ungodly sense opposition to god isn't always on purpose sometimes it is a worship of our intelligence i've been so guilty of that so often in my life sometimes it's a, it's a worship of our likes Yes, I know that God is against this, but I, I just, this is who I am. Sometimes it's a worship of the world. Sometimes it's a desire to be loved by the world. Sometimes it's grift. Sometimes it's worldly treasures. All these things—they're not always purposely opposed to God. Sometimes it's an accidental opposition. And with that, when people are accidentally practicing their own way versus God's way, don't you think they can lose the sight, the ability to see the truth? It's like being snowblind. You drive in a um, in a big snowstorm, and you eventually become you, you get to a point where you have to concentrate to not have your mind hypnotized, where you can't see things. It's happened to me. Like I had to get out of a pass because I knew if I didn't get out of this pass, and this is between um, Oregon and Washington state, I knew if I didn't get out of that pass going north, that I would end up spending the night in that pass and I, maybe two or three days in that pass because that's that pass just flat gets shut down. So I had to keep driving and I had to concentrate on find the line on the side of the road, uh, turn the lights on in the car, turn them off. Uh, high beams, low beams, do everything I can to not get my mind hypnotized because when your mind gets hypnotized, you'll drive right off a cliff because all your body can see, all your mind can see is white, 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 white and you then don't see the shades. You do not see the sign that says closed. You don't see the semi in front of you that has stopped because there's 400 cars parked in front of you with their lights off and boom and out go the lights permanently and I do believe that there's a whole bunch of people who simply cannot see that and I think chief amongst them are the people who roll in the riches and my true assessment my true belief about all of this is that Donald Trump and the notion of America first means Mitch McConnell second it means the Republican Party second America first means the Republicans second or third because the Democrats are in first place behind America I genuinely believe that when you don't understand any longer what it is to serve and not be served, that you can't do it. We did a thing at church once where we washed each other's feet. I I hated having my feet washed. I didn't mind washing other people's feet. I hated having my feet washed. I was so uncomfortable being served that way. I didn't mind washing other people's feet. And that wasn't humility. So I just don't see anything wrong with washing your feet. I don't think feet are that weird. My permanent belief on this is that God is showing us the naked corruption, the naked emptiness, and I beg you to consider something. Is he showing us, hey, hey, all the time on politics, come back to me. I mean, think of it this way. Politics is important, no doubt. But think of your kid with a video game. You're on your trip with a kid. You're you're, you're taking a long wanted vacation with your teen. And maybe it's one-on-one. And you know this feeling. You know, Hey, you know what? I'm taking my son fishing. I love it. We don't get to go fishing enough. And and, man, we're going to go do this. And, and you're driving up and you're talking to your kid and you're saying, yeah, this is where my dad used to take me. And Oh, over there, I see the left. That's where, and you look over and what are you doing? Oh, sorry. Are you on your phone? Yeah. Just sorry. What does that feel like? You're talking to your kid and, and they're, they're glancing at their phone and you're trying to share something important, we put this stinking thing away for a second. What do you think our Father in Heaven thinks about our obsession with politics? How do you think he feels? See, I'm the first offender. I just did 40 minutes on politics, but really my message to this is, maybe this is God's way of showing none of them, guys. None of them. Be a good citizen. Vote for godly people. Be a good citizen. Disapple your kids. But most of all, be my kids. Speak my truth. Live my truth. Abide with me. And then know that you're going to be okay. Maybe that's the message in Mitch McConnell's silence. And what appears to me to be an attempt or a willingness To throw these midterms. Can we survive as a nation? More of the people who run Joe Biden? Well, can we survive as a nation that continues to turn its back to God? Can we survive as souls? This is the Todd Herman Show. We always appreciate you sharing it with friends. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind and be good citizens absolutely be involved speak god's word into the process and never make an icon of politics or fear or flags